Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Drags, and it's Wednesday, June 26th. Time for episode... 304 of Patriots Beat on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and follow us on Twitter at Patriots CLNS. Welcoming back this week Alex Barth of clnsmedia.com covering the NFL and the Patriots along with myself and Evan Lazar at clnsmedia.com. Follow Alex on Twitter at Real Alex Barth. R-E-A-L-A-L-E-X-B-A-R-T-H. What's up, Alex? How are we doing, Trags? Uh, I've got a fan going in the background, so if people are hearing some kind of wind in the background, it is summertime officially uh, now here in New England, so I've got the fan going. And hey, uh, your fan or my fan? I got one going too. Yeah, so you don't hear it in the background, right? No, we got we just we got a lot of fans at CLNS. That's just you know Get part it? of being a part of the company. Get it? Yeah. All right, you had some fun talking with the director of an upcoming Julian Edelman documentary that's going to debut this Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. Tell us about 100% Julian Edelman. So it sounds like the biggest takeaway I had is that this documentary is in a lot of ways going to reflect Julian Edelman, not just that obviously in that – you know, it's a documentary about him, but I think in, in the strategy they went on to produce it and the way they want people to see it, I think it's going to have a lot of Edelman in it and that the director, Kyler Schelling, stressed to me that it's not going to be like anything we've ever seen before in terms of a, a sports – in terms of sports content, in terms of a sports media produced piece. It's going to be serious, but it's going to be goofy. It's going to be – it's just kind of all in off the walls, which is – Kind of how you would describe Julian Edelman. So he I think he can definitely about... be off the wall. Not to interrupt you, but he can definitely right. be. Um, you know, when he first came into the NFL, Alex, I thought sometimes he was a little bit aloof, a little bit to himself and private. And I think being around Tom Brady and his confidence level, not only as a Patriot but as a NFL performer and then an elite NFL performer, kind of brought him out of his shell. I really do believe that. I do too, and. I, part of what I talked with Kyler about, and you can see it, you can check the Q&A out now on CLNSmedia.com, is the, Kyler and Asa Swiffa, who also is the – he's the executive producer of this documentary. The two of them and Edelman have been working together on these things for a long time. So if you're familiar with the Burger Time videos, the Smoothie Time videos, the videos of Edelman and Danny Amendola when they were – what were they? Skateboard cops, something like that. It's the same team. So – the creative group that's kind of 
built this image of Julian Edelman are the ones who put together the documentary. So I think, and Kyler didn't say this, but this is sort of what I got from talking to him. This is going to feel like a 70 minute burger time video, essentially about Julian Edelman, which, I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. I love the burger time videos. Let's set the timetable here a little bit. It's between the time he tore his ACL in the preseason game at Ford Field and um, the time he had his surgery, right, in 2017? Yeah, so that's when it begins. It begins the first time they rolled camera was the pre-surgery meeting Julian Edelman had with his doctor. He They'd been looking for a project to do. Edelman gets hurt. All of a sudden, one, you have this great story, and two, Julian Edelman has a lot of time on his hands. So it starts right before he goes in for knee surgery. He'd already been hurt. The the documentary starts after he's gotten hurt. But it's from the beginning, right before the surgery, through the recovery process, and then there's the suspension, which kind of gets passed over a lot of the times in this discussion. There's the suspension at the beginning of last year up through, I believe, the Super Bowl. So – that, that's the timeline it's going to focus on, but that's the A story. And then they also tell a B story, which is Julian Edelman's life. And one of the more more jarring lines in the interview, you'll have to read it to, to see it. I don't want to give too much away, but it has to do with Julian Edelman's status in an NF, as an NFL player. And when you see that in the context in which the director views Julian Edelman's career, it gets you really excited for the story that they're going to tell. How much do they delve into the Edelman Brady bromance. So I couldn't get a straight answer out of him from that. They weren't giving, he wasn't giving away too many details, which is fair, but Brady is featured. And I know one of the things I did ask was, did they look at Tom versus time at all? And are there similarities to that? And apparently there's some overlap. And there were a few interviews with both Brady and Edelman that the Tom versus time crew was rolling on and the 100% crew was rolling on. So Maybe without even going into it in the documentary, that tells us something about Brady and Edelman's relationship, right? That they're both making their documentaries at the same time. They're overlapping interviews. They were clearly together for it. And this is something that I think is very personal for Julian Edelman. I I think telling this story was a very personal experience for him. So obviously Brady's going to be a part of it, but it sounds like Brady has a big part in it. So for Brady to have a big part in that, it kind of tells you what it means for Edelman. Talk about Brady uh, Edelman breaking Brady's driver I out don't, in Wyoming I, or wherever that was. I don't know if that's in there. I did not get – again, I, it was tough to get specifics, but it's it's very possible that's in there. I, I, I'm going to guess that a story like that we would hear, especially if they're going for some of the goofier, more comedy stuff. I, I was told comedy and deep drama, and it's not one than the other. It's back and forth. They're kind of passing off. So I, I think it's going to be an emotional roller coaster, but in a good way. Uh, speaking with Alex Barth of CLNS Media and CLNSmedia.com, covering the Patriots along with myself and Evan Lazar. Uh, follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Did you read uh, Tom Curran's Relentless, a memoir with uh, Julian Edelman? Because I remember uh, on the Patriots Beat podcast in 2017 um, talking to Tom about that book. It was really uh, an enjoyable podcast to do with Tom because he really, uh, it was essentially a story that the publisher came to Tom with and set it up with Julian. But it was, it was interesting to hear Julian's background reading that book and how much pride he had in the way his parents raised him. 
and that's going to be reflected in the documentary too. A big part of this is going to be Julian Edelman's relationship with his father. I think that's where the majority of the backstory storyline is going to be is with his his father and his parents and in kind of that upbringing. And it goes back to that one line, which was so great that the the director saying Julian Edelman does not belong in the NFL, but there's a reason he's there. And I think what this is going to explore the the vibe I got from talking to Kyler was that. Julian Edelman's dad is the whole reason he is where he is and the the lessons he instilled in him and the relationship they had. So that's honestly what I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. The recovery from the knee injury, obviously, you know, there'll be some cool Patriots behind the scenes stuff in there, but we've seen documentaries, we've we've seen it documented how guys recover from injuries. I want to see the backstory stuff. I want to see the story of his life. So that's really what I'm looking forward to Friday night. What about uh the PED stuff? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they go into that. I think it's mostly focused on the injury. I wouldn't be surprised if if the one criticism we all have is that that got glossed over. Yeah, I, I don't know how you can though, Alex. That. I, I don't know if you're you're a producer and you really want to. I be... think it's going to be right. I I think the way they'll handle it is it will be more about they're going to mention that he was suspended and he had to overcome the suspension. I don't think they're going to talk much about what he was suspended for. I mean, I think obviously, it's going to be there was a suspension. Obviously, there could have been a prerequisite, an agreement uh, with Julian Edelman that look, I'm not going to do this if we're going to get into the PED stuff because I'm not touching that. It is well, they were already going for a year at that point. So, and this is his company. It's Edelman's company that he started. He's trying to start what essentially is the Players Tribune with video. Oh, he wants fast. to get now that to me. There's your story, right? What? The fact that he's trying to do a type type of Players' Tribune with uh, athletes on video. That's what the director is really trying to get to, right? Right, and this is going to be – this is essentially going to be the first one. Like the first Players' Tribune piece was written by Derek Jeter. I think that that's the company Edelman and and Asa Swift are trying to start. So I don't know – like he was never going to cop out of this. I don't think it was ever something where he could pull the plug on it. Because he's he's invested in this, so it will be interesting to see how they approach it. We didn't talk too much about that in my interview, um, but I, it'll be interesting to see. Although he did say Edelman opens up, it does go to some deeper, darker places. I think that's mostly about his family, but maybe we'll see that in the PED section too. It'll be interesting to see. Tell us who Bill Burr is. Bill Burr is one of the best comedians out there. He's in my top three right now. I'll make him number one in case he's listening to this, but he's certainly in my top three. And he, uh, he's got great stand-up. F is for Family on Netflix is a really good show. And he's from Canton. He's from Canton, Massachusetts, and you know it when you hear him speak. He's got the, the suburban Boston accent. And he's a big Patriots fan, big everything Boston sports fan. So he is, he is a big part in this documentary. And there's a lot of celebrities that are featured in this, but Apparently, Bill Burr is the only one who didn't have a previous relationship with Julian Edelman. So he is, although he does now, apparently, since since this is filmed, they've they've gotten to know each other. But he is the Patriots fans' voice, and knowing what I know about Bill Burr and having followed him and listening to his podcast and following him on Twitter, I am totally okay as a Patriots fan with Bill Burr being my voice in this. It's to, it's it's him and Nick Stevens, those two guys. If they're though, if you need a voice of Patriots fans, I think those are the two guys you go to. Okay, so Mark Wahlberg, um, not particularly pleased that he's not producing 
this documentary. And certainly Wahlberg and Edelman know each other. Um, but hey, karma's a bitch. If you, uh, take off out of Super Bowl 51 early, this is the kind of stuff that can happen. And you know what? I read in, in that article you sent And me that is tongue in cheek, by the way. No, I know. But I read in that article on heavy.com about it. He's producing another project for Edelman under this Coast Productions company. So. It's a basketball project, um, which, uh, Wahlberg is producing. It's not titled yet. Um, but it's also being written by Edelman. Right. So it's not like he's not working with Julian Edelman, and I get this, but Mark Wahlberg's not – he's produced but never a documentary. He's never really approached anything like this. I think it's – Mark Wahlberg – you talk about being the, the spokesperson for Patriots Nation. Mark Wahlberg wants to be the spokesperson for Patriots Nation and for, for Boston so bad, but look, you were joking about the Super Bowl thing. I'll make that a little serious. If you're leaving the Super Bowl early, I think Mark Wahlberg, I love Mark Wahlberg. The Departed is one of my all-time favorite movies. Absolutely. I think he's been, he's been in LA a little too long. He's been out of Boston a little too long to really be a spokesperson for Boston. I think that a lot of people around here would agree with that. He's drifted a little far from the pack. Again, still love him, but no, this, this is Eddie. Essentially, Asa Swiffer producing this is Edelman producing it. If Mark Wahlberg produces, then it becomes so much more about Mark Wahlberg and it's less about Julian Edelman. Because it's Julian Edelman in his inner circle putting this together, the story is not just there's a Julian Edelman documentary, but he's also the one putting it together, which in itself is cool. That you have an NFL player taking such an interest in this kind of medium. So Wahlberg can be annoyed all he wants. I think Edelman made the right call having him be involved in this solely as an interviewee. And I think, again, if, if he's the the producer, it just it, it changes the, the tone. It changes the narrative that you view. The, it changes the perspective in which you view the documentary. You know, I, I buy that, and it's entitled 100% Julian Edelman. Uh, it looks at uh, Edelman's path to the NFL and where he is now and how he got to where he is now. Uh, Alex, you already mentioned um, how big of a role his father played in terms of laying the groundwork in terms of his work ethic. Um, I once talked to Julian about that, and I said, you know, where did you learn about getting to Foxborough at 5.30 and 6 o'clock? And he said, I, my dad was a mechanic, and I saw him get up every single morning and go to the garage and work on cars, and I... You know, I saw that, and, you know, when you see somebody like that and it's in your family, you can't help but to kind of follow in his footsteps. But, again, it's 100% Julian Edelman. What is something that you learned from talking to um, the uh, director, Kyler Schelling, uh, that you didn't know about Julian before? So there's – I'm trying to think because there's one, but it- – it's at the end of the piece, and I want people to go read it, so I'll save that one. I think just – you know what? I, it's kind of to echo what I just said. I'll go with this because I learned a few things, how interested he is in this, and he wants to be a filmmaker. I think that's his goal after he retires is is to make more of these kind of pieces, and I think he along again with, with the team, him, Asa, uh, Asa, and Kyler, I think they want to change the way we look at Sports documentaries, sports movies, that whole sort of thing. I think that they, they want to go about revolutionizing that. And I think Edelman's a big part of that. I think he's, he's kind of leading the charge in that. So I never realized how interested he was in this kind of stuff. Um, and it's kind of cool to know who he is because as 
somebody myself, obviously, this is what I'm, I'm doing. This is my field who's interested in this, in, in all the media stuff. It's cool to know Edelman is too. So it was nice to learn and I'm, I'm really excited. The interview got me excited, not just for the documentary, which I am, but to see what else comes out. This basketball project with Mark Wahlberg, what other athletes he's going to work with and pair with directors, uh, what directors he's going to pair them with. I'm excited to see this, this next step of Julian Edelman, whenever it is that he retires, what he's going to give us post-retirement, because I think he's going to give us some good stuff. I think that this could be Player Tribune-esque. Yeah, that, that's um, haughty um, aspirations, to say the least, if if you're telling me he thinks that this could turn into the Player Tribune. But you know what? Never put anything by uh, Julian Edelman uh, in terms of trying to reach for the stars and well, get I think there. It's, it's very possible after we see this documentary – Turning this company into the Player Tribune is going to be nothing compared to what he's done to get to the point he's at now. So, all right, what what is up, uh, Chris Sims? But that he uh, ranked Tom Brady ninth. What what is up with that? I, okay, so every to play quarterback in the NFL, to play in the NFL, forget quarterback. You just have to be an, an insanely competitive person. And I think a lot of the reason these ex quarterbacks don't like Tom Brady. Is they still are even even at you know forty five fifty sixty years old well past their careers they are jealous I think some of it is certainly jealousy and that you know Brady had this great career Chris Sims was an afterthought people some people probably had to Google whether or not he was even in the NFL when he said this so I think some of it's jealousy of Tom Brady and the Patriots in general and I think the one thing not to apologize for him but. The one thing I saw it as when he – because he ranked Drew Brees low too, and those are my top two quarterbacks, or, or Brady and Brees, and he had them eight and nine, is that if you make the argument which quarterbacks would you start a franchise with, I understand putting those guys lower because they're in their 40s and you're only going to get a year or two of them, whereas you know a guy like Cam Newton, you're going to – you still have maybe another decade of. So I think some of it might just be a misunderstanding. I think maybe – the way he's ranking them, you know, it's very easy to clickbait and say Brady and Breeze ranked eighth and ninth when if the conversation is to start a franchise with, that might be fair. But I think some of it too is jealousy and just these ex-quarterbacks. I mean, you go back to Mark Brunel crying during Deflategate and any time Phil Simms used to be on color when the Patriots were playing, these guys are all so jealous of Tom Brady because he reached heights that they would never reach. And I think that that's honestly – it sounds petty, but it is petty. I think that's a part of it. Well, what's interesting to me – by the way, uh, not to correct you, but I'm going to fact check you. He actually had Drew Brees coming in at number 10. Oh, it was 9 and 10, not 8 and 9. Sorry about that. I thought that for a second. I was about to ask you. So uh, let's read the quote from – Phil Sims. All right. I don't know if there's a quarterback I respect more. I don't know if there was a quarterback I tried to model my game after more early in my career than Tom Brady. I only have a few autographs of football players in my house. Tom Brady's one of them. I hate it. I just don't want to be known as a Tom Brady hater. I don't. He's expletive awesome. He's amazing. Nice backtrack. Right. So he said that after this whole... Correct, and, and and he's trying to explain himself, and I don't know, sometimes, uh, and Matt Dolloff uh, was the one who uh, wrote this story, uh, 98.5thesportshub.com, you can find it there, but, you know, 
I don't know. I, I just think when people come out with these rankings, whatever, it to me it is a lot of clickbait. And, and it's, you know, it's that time of year where anything blows up. Heck, we spent the whole week before this came out discussing what the difference between a report and analysis was in relation to Nick Casario, which, by the way, last time I was on, me and you were spot on with all that stuff. Hey, uh, yeah, we were. I just want to say we? that. Yeah, we were, and and it was analysis, but I think our net we had it was not reporting because apparently people need to be told the difference. But I think we were pretty spot on. But I mean, just to get back to it, like I said, Phil Sims was already super critical of Brady. Chris Sims, it, it grew up in that household. I'm sure he listened to his dad a lot on TV. I'm sure it rubbed off. There's certainly things I say that are just kind of parroting what my dad has said. But you look at Chris Sims' career resume. He, he could be let go and, and nobody's really going to miss him. He might be backtracking just trying to save his job. You think so? Yeah. Who's tuning in to see Chris Sims? Right? It's not Probably like, not you know, there's lot. some quarterback. Again, you know, Phil, you look at what happened to Phil Sims. If Phil Sims can get knocked down after, what, 10, 12 years in the booth for a guy who's never called a game before and, and get pushed back to the studio. Yeah, they can say goodbye to Chris Sims like that if, if people are too upset with him. And he made himself look dumb ranking those two guys. And again, I'm just as mad about Breeze being low as Brady. Those should be one and two, 100%. So I'm not just mad about one quarterback. I'm mad about two. I'm going to take this case up for Saints fans also. I, I, look, I don't have a problem with him not ranking Tom Brady top of the heap. I get that. Like, if you want to rank Patrick Mahomes being a better all-around quarterback right, he was for the today's MVP. NFL, the, nobody's going to argue with that if you have Brady third. Or if you interchange Brady and Breeze, even though Brady has won, you know, what, five more Super Bowls right. than Drew Breeze, um, people can at least live with that. But rank, ranking him ninth, what? That's I mean, just, just a cry for attention. That's oh, all it okay. is. It was very transparent. And Chris, Sam, Chris Sims tweeted on June 20th, it's a team sport. Don't rank the quarterback according to team wins or just stats set up by the system or OC. Where have we heard that before? Not every quarterback gets lucky to have Sean Payton, Belichick, or McDaniels. Brady and Breeze are still awesome. It's funny because... When people want to argue that Brady's not a great quarterback, all of a sudden Bill Belichick becomes this demagogue that, you know, the second he steps on the sideline, the decision is over. But then when people want to diminish Bill Belichick's accomplishments, suddenly Tom Brady is unlike any athlete we've ever seen before and Bill Belichick's just along for the ride. So which is it? Which is it? Is Brady great? And Belichick's, you know, riding on his coattails, or is Belichick a genius and Brady is the system quarterback? I mean, it's neither, but I know people who have made both arguments. It's, it's just why it's too easy. And I will agree with, with, with Chris Sims on this one point. And this is why I love football and this is my favorite sport to watch. It is a team game and it is a very specialized, is a game of very specialized skills, right? In baseball, you don't see it often, but you know, a team's down a right fielder for a day, they'll move the second baseman into right field. In basketball, now we're seeing positionless basketball. In hockey, guys move around a little bit, but you don't see – guys can move around a little bit. Um, in football, you can't – you know, a great left tackle, you can't just be like, oh, he's a great player, so let's move him to quarterback. You can't do that in, in football like you can in other sports. So because it's so specialized, yes, the success of one hangs on the success of many. But 
because it's so specialized. You just have to acknowledge that certain positions mean more to the result of the games than others. And no one position can make or break a team. The Packers have missed the playoffs. And I think now it's three straight years with Aaron Rodgers because he has no help. So the quarterback does not make or break the team. But maybe once every 10 years, you see a non-superstar quarterback win a Super Bowl. Generally, when you get down to the end, you look at it at the end this year, Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, and then Goff. And I would argue 75% of the time, the team with the better quarterback wins. And you look at the championship round this year, and that's what you saw. And wouldn't you know it, the one other team, they had the second best coach left in the tournament, McVay behind Belichick. So you can't use that as a cop-out. Yes, football is the ultimate team game. Yes, if Brady was playing with a bunch of 12-year-olds, he wouldn't have this kind of success. But if you put anybody else behind center... Even with Belichick as the head coach, you're not going to end up with six rings. And I'll say this. If you have Brady and a different head coach, you're probably not going to end up with six rings. They both need each other. It's a symbiotic relationship. Are you going to talk symbiotic relationships next week when you fill in for me? It's possible. It's very possible. We'll see. I, you have a smorgasbord of ways you could go or options you can choose from uh, for next week. So just do a good job, and I leave the show – um, the very popular Patriots beat uh, in your very capable hands, Alex. And uh, one other thing, uh, you're looking forward to camp opening. We should touch on this very briefly yeah. uh, before we wrap up here. Um, the first open practice is Thursday, July 25th. I know all of us will be down there for that. Um, day before is when veterans report, and I think it's July 21st at rookies report. Yes. And uh, at the Two weeks to the night after uh, their first open practice is their first preseason game against Detroit in Detroit. I mean, yeah, I'm ready to get going. <laughs> like, this time of year, there's nothing going on. Again, we're talking about Chris F. and Sims right now. Um, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. It's the best time of the year. I honestly, I love training camp. I love going to training camp, just standing out in the sun, watching football practice for two, three hours. That's my, you know, if I could just. Just do one thing. That's it right there. The games are fun. Don't get me wrong. I love covering the games. The games are fun. And, uh, you know, once you get in the playoffs, obviously, that's a really good time, too. But I, there's just something about training camp. I've been going since I was a little kid. I've been going since they were practicing back at Curry College um, and, and down at Bryan College in Rhode Island that I just I love it. That's just football at its pure, in its purest form to me. So I'm excited. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the one and only Alex Barth. Follow him on Twitter. At Real Alex Barth, that would be R-E-A-L-A-L-E-X-B-A-R-T-H. want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast. Thank our terrific guest, Alex Barth, covering the Patriots, along with myself and Evan Lazar for CLNS. You can and should be following him on Twitter at the address I just gave you. For producer Michael Angie and the founder of the network, Nick Gelso, this is Mike Petralia, and this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Hello, I'm Dan Lothian, host of the Behind the Media podcast on the CLNS Media Network. Along with Jimmy Young, we dive into the biggest media headlines each week with honest, informed, and sometimes irreverent perspectives. It's not all serious. We deliver information and entertainment. As we like to say on Behind the Media, we find the interesting in media so you don't have to go searching for it. Listen to our podcast and get prepped for the next trip to the water cooler. 
Subscribe to Behind the Media wherever you get your podcast or find us on www.clnsmedia.com.